I know. Nice. Yeah. Make sure you take some Beano or something because. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll want <laughs> take a shot of vinegar before you eat it. Both. Do both things. The vinegar and the Beano. <laughs> Probiotic, whatever you got to do. <laughs> Welcome to Blind Drams, where we talk about gas and titties. <laughs> ah, that's funny. That was a rap song. <laughs> yeah. Hi there, and welcome to Blind Drams, that podcast where we like to pretend we know what we're doing while making cocktails. It's all a crapshoot from here. Also, a disclaimer. We have no idea what we're doing, so take anything we say with a grain of salt, especially about halfway through the podcast when the booze start kicking in. Uh, we have our normal lineup today. We've got Mary Beth. Hello. Amber. What's up? And of course, me, Amanda. And today we are drinking bottle number six. Oh, you thought I was going to slip it up. <laughs> and uh, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Yes. And I forgot my Glencairn. Mother. All right, go ahead and pour it. I'm going to run down and get mine. Wow. I what? can't even believe this is number six. I, I know. Today. Like, this is, this is a, pretty should awesome. We, should we just sneak a sip without her knowing? I'm just <laughs> it's weird. Like, I, um, I used to, like, crave red wine, like, when I'd get home from work or whatever, like, just the thought of it I'm like oh that just sounds so good but for some reason I don't know like tonight I was like oh I just really want to make an old-fashioned or something and I was like craving it is weird yeah no yeah I I like want to drink bourbon now yeah it's weird I'm like a rookie tonight man it's okay we just talked we're just talking about you while you (laughs) that's okay it's recorded and I do the editing so I'll know what you said really good sorry okay i need to do you hear that beautiful sound yeah all right what color you got there um it looks gold yeah gold not quite amber but like a gold yeah like between straw and amber so their website says deep amber oh I'm holding it up against so, the white, a white paper. And it... so I think what it is, is like, maybe I just don't know my colors because I think this is the same color I've been calling everything like amber or yeah. dark or like a, like a dark gold or something. I mean, a deep amber is like, yeah, I feel like a deep amber would be like, I don't know. That is pretty, it's pretty, I don't know. I like this color, but, but yeah. So while we're chatting in your mixing glass, yes, go ahead and pour um, your sugar in. You're going to do a quarter teaspoon to a half a teaspoon. Quarter to a half a teaspoon. How much is one of these, the small jigger? How much is that again? Um, that's That's a half an ounce. So like a quarter of that. If you're gonna do simple syrup, yeah, it, this is not a sweet cocktail. What if we want it to be a sweet cocktail? Then put a little bit more sugar in. <laughs> I mean, uh, really, for me, I feel like cocktails. It you get people who are like real purists that are like it has to be made a certain way, otherwise you can't call it. Like, right. We're making a sazerac tonight, so oh. um, it's not supposed to be sweet. 
Right. It's not supposed to be sweet, but if you want to sweeten it up, you totally can. Yeah. Okay. Um, cocktails should all be personal taste, in my opinion. So, I mean, do do what you need to do. A Sazerac. So, mm, so you Ooh. have your sugar in your mixing glass and go ahead and put your three dashes of bitters on it. And that while we're doing our nosing and everything, our blind tastings, that this will just give it a little heads up extra time to to dissolve in there so it's three dashes of bitters and because i'm still being a lazy bum i haven't purchased the regular it's supposed to be the pechowd 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 whatever bitters but i still only have the orange bitters so that's what i'm using tonight that's what i have is pechowd yeah that's the traditional one it's good just smells like can you hold it up yeah it's my giant this thing is gonna last me until I'm like 106. Mm-hmm. Actually, at the rate we're making cocktails, <laughs> I was about to say, not according to what Tyler was telling me earlier. <laughs> Listen, yeah, Tyler, Tyler and I went out to um, on a date last week, and he ordered a glass of wine, and I got an old fashioned, and it was just so funny because he's, I think he's just like wanting me to be drinking wine with him, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I just like really just want to sip on an old-fashioned did did you get the wrong yeah was the server like giving you the wine no well no she hurt she ordered it no it was okay. not wrong, i bet you they in a different circumstance they for sure would have mixed it up but he just wants his wine buddy back you know poor guy i know tough life so while we got that setting aside, that'll just stir it every occasionally, and that'll start dissolving while we do our blind tasting. So that way it should be good to go when we mix our cocktail. So you won't have the grainy sugars in there. Cool. Sweet. All right. So back to our nosing. Tell me what you, what you smell. Hmm. Right off the bat, I get like oak. I was going to say nutty. Like a. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nutty. That's good. I like, I like this a lot already i had a feeling you would i think this is probably going to be both of you i think this will probably be your favorite one so far to be honest is it like a basic girl whiskey is that what you're saying <laughs> I, i'm not going to say anything about it yet because i don't want to influence your is i don't want to i don't want to influence too much this is the course. most expensive bottle this far right i ain't saying shit okay hold on the legs are going let's see oh. I'm not the legs. What are they? What is it called? Tears. 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 Ooh, these even look like really oily. Uh, like they, um, the drops are like yeah. separating a bit and dropping. That's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. I've not seen that oh, in the yeah. whiskey that we've done yet. It looks yeah. like shark teeth. Shark teeth. Ooh, ah, ah. I have to. Every time I hear it, it's <laughs> mandatory. When I just swirled it around and took another smell, I got like a lot of acetone, which I did not get the first time, which was weird. See, I got acetone the very first whiff, but now I don't, I don't have that. Oh, I want it to go away. Vanilla. I got vanilla in there for sure. Mm-hmm. What does that smell like? Almost like a, like a maraschino cherry smell in there. Yes. Like a yes. sugared. Yeah. Like a yes, sweet, yes, like yes. a. It, yeah. It's almost like if you were to drink the maraschino cherry juice, I can get that. I can get behind that. And I get like a candy pecan. Ooh. Okay, this is going to be a weird one. Candy pecans. This one's throwing out a lot of weird stuff at me right now. Have you ever had like um like a sponge cake soaked in like liqueur? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
look at us. We're like, boom, boom, just this, and this, <laughs> there's, and this. there's no blue crab this time though. <laughs> no blue crab. This one's got like sponge cake soaked in all sorts of alcohol for me. It smells good. Which I guess that means it smells sweet, but like also. Yeah. So, I mean, you think about the ingredients of what's in a sponge cake and it's a lot of like, it's basically like a meringue, lots of sugar, like brown uh -huh. sugars and butter and yeah. yeah. So almost like an angel food cake or like a, yeah, not quite a pound cake, but for sure, like an angel food cake. Yeah. You know, it'd be really good is getting some of this and like making a reduction with like some sugar and then pouring that over some angel food cake with a strawberry uh, shortcake and turn that, like use that as the base for a strawberry shortcake with like some really good vanilla ice cream. I'm into it. Mm -hmm. I've got our summertime August dish for when you come to visit. Yeah. Oh, did I just hear Amanda say you're gonna be able to come visit? Well, and hopefully by August, I'll have a vaccination. I'm getting vaccinated on Friday. I'm just one. I'm so excited for you. Is it because oh. you're, are you in the healthcare industry? I don't even know what you're doing. Education. She's I'm an teacher. art teacher. Oh. Yeah. I guess I did know that, but. All right. I got, I just got your cherries again, Amanda. The maraschino cherries. Yeah, I'm writing that down. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I need to write that. All right, well, I think, I think that's a good start. All the shenanigans out of that. So um, from their, from the distillery's website, the nose that they mentioned, they mentioned three, and I wanted to wait until after we said ours. Okay. They have vanilla, which we caught, mint, and molasses. Mm. Mm. And like, mint. now that I'm reading the molasses, I, I, I can get, I, I can oh see my God. it. And I now like, smelled, I just smelled mint. Like, cause you know, when you, like you said, when it's like that association. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So it's funny that that's not something we picked up by ourselves. No. But and I, and like, literally I was like, okay, it didn't smell like mint at all. That's what I thought in my head, but I just like, <laughs> I seriously whiffed it. And like, my brain went mint. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Your brain is powerful. I love it. Mm -hmm. All right. Ready to do our Kentucky chew? Yes. Who knew I'd be excited about that? I know, right? This is weird. We're growing, Amanda. We're growing. I know. And we're only six episodes in. Where are we going to be by the end of this first season? I know. I'm going to be like, ew, don't make a cocktail with that. It's going to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's two uh, bourbons that I think that about, or two whiskeys that I think that about so far. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that'll get you. <clears throat> that was really good. Yeah, I'm going with sweet right off the bat. I guess got that really sweet flavor. Like, mm -hmm. uh, see, I want to be able to drink it neat and be like, "That was really good," because that's still hard for me. I mean, the the, the ending was was hard. Swallowing mm -hmm. it, keeping it in my mouth though, like it was pleasant. Uh huh. I'll be an adult and make no jokes there. <laughs> 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 You love it. <laughs> yeah, like definitely like a brown sugar, like kind of sweet. Or like not even brown sugar, maybe more like sugar in the raw. Yeah, those are different. It's not as sweet as like a brown sugar kind of. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why they say molasses. Yeah. 
it could be like molasses but I don't get that like deep like richness from the molasses but I love sugar in the raw and like that's what I use in coffee and I always have it on hand when I whenever I rim um cocktails with sugar I don't use like regular sugar I use the sugar in the raw because it's got a better taste and that texture and it looks prettier on the glass it makes for better Instagram pictures oh is that the one you use for the margarita My, uh, oh the moonshine thing that I made mm -hmm. yeah it was like a lemon drop oh I made yeah it. okay so I'm gonna taste it again just to see if I get like any sort of exciting uh, it's hard should we add ice to it what? Or are you doing just like a drops of water? You can do drops of water. You can do an ice cube. So I'm getting kind of like a, like peanut brittle, like a caramel, like, um, not, not quite caramel. Like you would eat a caramel, but something that's been caramelized, like mm -hmm. peanut brittle, or a, maybe even something more gentle, like a toffee or something like that. Like that I kind like of, when I, I feel like when I added the ice, it changed the smell of it. Which is, I feel like that's so intriguing now that I know that when you add ice, it agitates the alcohol and all the flavors. So it, it's intriguing that like it, it's changing the smell. Yeah. Like, and for this one, it made it smell maybe a little sweeter. Am I off on that? I don't know. I no, just I put just a nice that, I just, yeah, I just added a drop of water. I feel like it's sweeter. It tastes stronger with the ice. Mm -hmm. This is crazy. Cause I always thought when people drink it neat, they would look at people that did it like on the rocks as like pansies. So I thought like the ultimate manly drink was like neat. Yeah. But really the last few times I've added ice, it actually makes it taste stronger. So I'm confused. Yeah. That was really interesting. So yeah. see, maybe you actually do like it neat and you're just not giving it a chance. Maybe, I know. I think I actually, I actually do prefer it neat uh, versus ice apparently. Cause the last three times I've tried it, I'm like, it's making it angry with the ice. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any more flavors that you can pick out? Because I'm still getting that vanilla. Yeah. Mm. Definitely some oak. Yeah, you can, I mean, it's that char, it has that like charred oak smell and then that, and like a vanilla smell, like, like a candy, like you said, but then like you taste it and it has that like candiness to it. But then there's a little kick at the, like, there's that little bite at the end when you're a like spice of some sort. Yeah. It's not like pepper, but little, little tiny bit of spice at the end, like when you're swallowing and you're like, yes, I feel like the ice cream is spicy. Do people, okay. Here's a good question. Do people refrigerate, if you refrigerate whiskey, so you're not adding like ice or water to it, but you make it cold. So here's my understanding of refrigerating whiskey is you can, but it's kind of a faux pas, just like refrigerating red wine is a mm -hmm. faux pas. Like you wouldn't drink red wine iced. There's a very specific temperature range that you drink wine in, right? Mm -hmm. And that's because when you drink wine that's been refrigerated to maybe the temperature of a beer or a white wine, you are taking some of the flavor out. Now it, it just dampens it. So it's not as in your face. It, it's not being released into the olfactory system. Um, 
it, it just kind of makes it less flavorful. And so my understanding with bourbons and whiskeys and scotches is that's the same thing. So if you were to put it in the fridge or the freezer and then try and drink it cold like that, you're doing the same thing. You're pulling, you're, you're just dampening it. You're taking something that's very flavorful and you're basically stripping out half the flavor. So it, it can be done, but it's, it's kind of a faux pas. You shouldn't do it. And it, you're not really gaining anything other than cooling it down, which just throwing an ice cube in it or something will do the same. And if you don't want the, um, the flavor changing of like, you don't want to dilute it by adding water or ice to it, you can get some of those whiskey stones and put those in the freezer and then throw them in. I'm not a big fan of them. I, I don't think they cool them down all that much or anything, but I think they also have some synthetic type things that you can freeze and put in your, your whiskey to cool it down as well. That won't dilute it. That actually cool it down because I don't think the whiskey stones do. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. but cooling it down with an ice cube isn't going to take away the flavor, but if you cool it in the like freezer, it would. It's just, it, it's, I mean, it's interesting how the differences can affect it. Yeah. I'm not sure what the difference is there. And I think that's why you get such differing flavors between when you ice it with an ice cube versus drinking it neat. And that's probably yeah. why you get some of that variation is not just because of adding the water and agitating all the alcohol and, and everything in it. Yeah. It probably is dampening some of the other flavors that you were getting before, like some of those vanillas and, and things. And it's probably right. dampening those by adding the ice cube. I would assume. I am not a scientist and so I don't know. Yeah. But that's well, I'm thinking too, if it's in a refrigerator or freezer for an extended period of time versus like it cooling it off right away and you're still drinking it versus like it's sitting there for weeks or months cold, like it has to, I mean, it has to affect the flavor of it by it sitting in coldness like for so long, mm. I would think. I don't know. Maybe I'll add that to our corrections for next week. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause so Kyle, his like favorite is the Jack Daniels honey. Mm -hmm. he we had that at our wedding and he drank that like at our wedding and it's like one of his like he just like has good memories of it and he really likes it but he always kept it in the freezer and he likes to pull it out of the freezer and like pour himself some and just drink it cold so I just never thought anything besides Jack Daniels in the freezer no we don't just the honey because he likes uh, he he likes he'll do like Jack Daniels like right like well he doesn't really drink it neat but we don't like he'll drink that like with like um like a coke or something like you know coke or pepsi but the honey he likes to just drink that in a glass mm -hmm. and he just i mean he always keeps it in the freezer so i just never thought anything of it besides that you know you just drink it cold but mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to buy it and you know leave it out and then try yeah. it and see what it tastes like again i'll refer back to my commentary about the cocktails and it's personal preference so drink yeah. it how you like it uh, don't let somebody else tell you the right way to drink it it's yeah. your drink and it's your happiness so make yeah. it the way that you want to drink it yeah so. I just always thought that's how you kept it because that's how he kept it like I just mm -hmm. you know I didn't put two and two together so yeah no. No. I don't know I'll, I'll look into that some more maybe hmm. 
All right, do you have a feeling on this one yet or any more flavors you wanna pull out? It smells really good. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's a cozy, like, um, I feel like the 1792 was like a little more like deeper. This is a little bit lighter, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. But yep. it still has that like coziness of it, just not as like heavy. I would agree with that. I can see, I can see this one being really good. Um, in a lot of the similar cozy drinks we we're talking about. I just took another sip and I got like a sweet, like a cake type, like almost like a pound cake flavor like right at the finish mm -hmm. um so i'll go ahead and read off what the distillery has to say about this one as far as the palette is concerned so they have sweet vanilla toffee candied fruit brown sugar spice oak and anise which is like licorice okay which is why i chose this one for this cocktail all right mm. so now that we are into episode six, do you have a guess, seeing we've had one of each now, of if it is a whiskey, a bourbon, or a scotch? Ooh. Just want to take a random guess? Um, um, I'm going to say whiskey. So you think it's a scotch? No, not a scotch. Oh, okay. I'm going to say whiskey only because I know bourbon's made of more corn, and I know it's technically a little bit sweeter, but I didn't get a corn. I, I just didn't get, like, a corn taste to it. Not that, not that all bourbons taste like corn. I'm not saying that, but I just didn't get, like, a corn finish, so. We're going to get hammered. Right? I'm going to get, I'm going to go with whiskey. I'm going to go with whiskey just because it probably the what is it the mash bill is isn't um 51 percent corn cool okay that's my guess i i would agree but um like last week it was very heavy corn to me you know wait but wasn't last week a whiskey well last week was a whiskey oh see now i don't have no clue oh yeah how what why did it make it a whiskey last week it was not 51% corn oh. and it's the pro the the filtration process I think oh, it okay. didn't go through the um charcoal the maple charcoal filtration oh, okay okay you ready for cocktail yes all right so oh I don't really have any news or corrections um except for I can't find that Ben and Jerry's ice cream anywhere, which is a bummer. But I have seen a lot more people posting that they have found it and they say it's delicious. So I'm bummed to be continued. I'll let you know when I find it. And then just wanted to apologize for delaying the upload of episode four. It went out a week late, but that also has us on a one week delay now. So I have a, a longer time to edit and work on things. So, uh, you know, blessing in disguise. So as I said before, now we're on to the cocktail. So this cocktail is called the Sazerac. We have already gotten our sugar and our bitters into our mixing glass, right? And it has mostly dissolved for me at least. And now what we're going to do is we are going to prep our lemon peel. So you've got a lemon and your peeler and you're just gonna go 
and do like a strip of the lemon peel, you're going to try not to get, um, you're going to try and get the least amount of the white pith as you can. You just want the zest. <laughs> Don't be shaking your head over there at me, Amber. No, I'm not. I just, um, I have half of a orange. <laughs> right here. Oh, that's fine. I don't know if you can see how I'm doing this is I'm basically just wiggling the uh, peeler back and forth. Oh. Wow, yours is way better than mine. I've had a lot of practice because I was taking a lot of pictures of this stuff. Okay, and then so when you look at the inside, why I like using the peeler is you can see how little of the white bit that you get, the more of that white part on the inside that you get, the more bitter that peel is gonna be because that's where the bitterness of the peel comes from. So you get the oils and everything in the actual zest of the lemon. There you go. Um, but the flavor also comes from the zest, but then the white part is, is going in the so not yet. This we're just gonna set to the side for now. We just prep that first so it's ready to go when we're got our drink together. Okay. Oh, I got a good one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay. So from here, we're going to pour the um, whiskey into the mixing glass first. So leave your cocktail glass. So we've got our mixing glass with our bitters and our sugar. And we're going to pour, I think it's two, one, one and a half ounces of whiskey. I forgot. I'm going to go get a mixing or a shot glass. Okay. You say an ounce and a half? Where's my one and a half ounces, yeah. Where's my thing? It fall on the ground. Oh, there it is. One and a half ounces, which is a jigger and a half. Yes. So it's one of each side. Yes. It straight into the cocktail glass. Uh, this goes into the mixing glass. Oh my gosh! Look what I'm doing. <laughs> You're gonna be a real sweet. <laughs> a full jigger of maple syrup. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Okay, it's going into the mixing glass. Correct. So that's where we have the sugar and bitters already sitting and that mine are already dissolved. So that worked out well. And um, then the ounce and a half of whiskey in and then give it a quick little stir. Let me know when you're ready. Mm. My sugar is not dissolving. What the absinthe? It's going to go in the cocktail glass. With the ice in it already? I'll show you. I'm, I just want to do it all together because it gets a little confusing. Okay. So you let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. All right. Is your absinthe open? It can be in about eight seconds. Yeah, go ahead and open the absinthe. Do not take a sip. Can I smell it? You can smell it, yeah. I think the smell is quite pleasant. I'm not a big black licorice fan, but it smells good. I've, I've always liked the smell of it. I just don't like the taste so much. <laughs> Man, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm getting so many different smells. I have like the lemons, that, the lemon peel. I have like mm -hmm. the bitters and the sugar and the whiskey. I have the absinthe. Like it's all sitting here and I'm just like getting all these different smells. It's so, wild, right? Yeah. Okay, so this is the official cocktail of New Orleans. Oh. Um, wait for Amber to take her picture. Okay. New Orleans. So now you're going to take your um, cocktail glass with all the ice in it. And now that your cup is nice and cold, 
you'll just dump that ice out into another glass somewhere else. We don't need it again. But now you have an ice cold cup. Oh. Could have also kept it in the freezer, but I thought this was easier instead of running back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Let me, know, let me know when you got an empty cup. Empty cup. All right, now take your absinthe. Okay. And you're gonna pour a splash. So like a quarter of an ounce, a teaspoon, whatever you wanna do, just in the cup. Okay. Okay, now you're gonna swirl it around and you're gonna get all the sides up without pouring it on the table. And then okay. once it's nice and coated, you're gonna pour it out into a, another glass to get rid of. We won't be using the rest of it. So this is just called an absinthe wash. We're just washing the glass with a little bit of absinthe to give it some flavor. Okay. Okay, so now you're going to take the cocktail that we mixed and pour it into that washed glass with the absinthe. Okay, and now you're going to take the lemon peel and you're going to, what is called expressing it, you're going to hold it sideways like this, so like widthwise, and you're, if you watch it real closely, squeeze it over top, like hold it about six inches above the glass and squeeze it, and you can actually see the oils spray out of it. You see that? Yeah. It's gonna add like a very fine mist of lemon oil to the top of your glass. And now before you drop that in, you're gonna take the lemon peel and you're gonna just wipe it on the rim like this, the whole rim around, and that'll give you a little extra lemon flavor. Then to make it pretty, you just take the lemon peel and twist it, give it a little curl and then set it on the edge of the glass or drop it in. And that's your Sazerac. That is so cool. Yeah. So now we've gotten a more complicated cocktail in. No, I love drop that. I just wish that I would have had the right thing here. So I'm just you gonna drop it in or set it in or I just drop mine right in because I I, I like okay. that extra flavor. All right. Yeah. And it's launcha. Welcome to New Orleans. Wait, that's it? No ice? That's it. That's the whole oh. thing. If I got this at a bar, I'd be like, are you freaking kidding me right now? <laughs> Normally it comes in a much smaller glass okay. that's a little bit more decorative, but I gotcha. I'm trying to work with what we got. And gotcha. I don't want us buying all this fancy equipment and tools and cups and stuff that we're only going to use once or twice. I think that's a bit ridiculous. But there is a special glass that you can use. And I forget the name of the glass, but it's very tiny and it's very cute. <laughs> so there you go. I'm scared. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. You can't see Amber's face, but she looks so baffled. Like she, her brows are furrowed and like just taken by surprise. I was, was very pleasant. <laughs> no, I would, I think I'm just like really surprised that I like liked it. Mm -hmm. I was expecting to have like a kind of, yeah, like a, a weird reaction to it. It's well, that and I, I had to use my orange peel, not a lemon. So I thought it, but it d didn't hurt it, I guess. But It's like the first initial it's like super sweet mm -hmm. and you get the smell i'm guessing of the citrus mm -hmm. and so it almost has like a like a it's like seven up like when you first go to taste it but then you get then you get the whiskey and you get the the spice at the end 
and just like the tiniest hint of that absinthe, like that any yes. black licorice taste. And so mm-hmm. I was terrified to make this the first time I made it because I was like, absinthe is scary, you know, but it's actually when used in moderation, like using it as a wash in a cocktail, I think just kind of elevates the cocktail a touch. Like it's so pleasant. Wow. It's amazing how dynamic a, a drink like this, this little drink can be like, there's so mm-hmm. many different layers of it when you, when you're experiencing just a sip of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I chose this cocktail to go with this whiskey, um, for a couple of reasons. One, I can't reveal just yet. Well, that'll go in the reveal, but the other one is because one of the notes in this whiskey was anise. And so I thought whenever you're making cocktails, you always want to choose flavors that are compatible or to highlight a flavor that's already in something. And so normally with a Sazerac, you wouldn't make it with this type of whiskey. You would make it with a rye whiskey, which this is not a rye. And a rye whiskey just means it has a higher percentage of um, the rye grain in its mash bill. Um, And that's going to be a spicier whiskey. So I haven't introduced us to us to a rye yet, just because I don't think you guys would find it very enjoyable yet. So I'm going to wait a little further down our journey to go with the rye. Because I don't want to like knock you off of anything just yet. I'm trying to like slowly build your palates. Okay. So I went with this one because the, the flavors play so nicely together and it's a very traditional cocktail. Um, I want to say it was invented back in the in like 1850 so this is right around the same time that the old-fashioned was created it's amazing. how do you spell sazerac so it's s-a-z-e-r-a-c so this is the official cocktail of new orleans new orleans and it says it was invented at the famed Sazerac Coffee House on Exchange Alley in 1850. It's normally made with Sazerac rye, but uh, what we're using makes it a bit smoother and less spicy. I almost said what we were using. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, so how do you like it? I like it. I'm pleasantly surprised. It's definitely like a sip on type of drink for mm-hmm. sure. Um, mm-hmm. So can you imagine like drinking this during like Fat Tuesday or something, which was what, yesterday? Yeah. That was the second reason I chose this. Oh, I, I would be. What is Fat Tuesday? I'm so sorry. It's like a Catholic holiday, right? And it's the day before Lent when you're supposed to give up stuff for Lent, right? So the 40 days of whatever <laughs> you give up. And so in... I, I know it's definitely big in like New Orleans and a couple other like French. Yeah. It's like fill up, get like eat all your sweets. Yeah. Drink, uh, enjoy before you go into like your. um. Right. It's the big binge before you go on your. Exactly. Yeah. Before whatever it is you're, you're withholding during lunch. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then. Like if I was drink like okay if I was drinking these because they're small, like I could drink this. I feel like I could drink this really fast. Mm-hmm. I would be like whipping. I'd be whipping my boobies out, like getting all those beads. If I was <laughs> this. The real reason why this is the <laughs> official cocktail of New Orleans. Yeah. 
couple of these and you're good to go. Yep. I can see that if you had two of these, you'd be like running the streets. I hope you guys pre-gamed with some water and some carbs before we got started. Yes, I had rice with my dinner nice. on purpose. I made shrimp and grits because I was already in that like Southern mood. So I figured why not? You're so cute. New Orleans and shrimp and grits. Listen, um, it was because I had nothing else in the fridge. I was like, I have a shit ton of grits because I buy that in bulk and I had a frozen bag of shrimp and none of the other vegetables that I normally put in it, like none of the peppers or uh, like the green onions made it in, which make it pretty. Right. So we had a salad on the side. Okay, well, don't don't kill me. You probably won't be surprised. I don't think I've ever had grits in my whole life. I did not like them until I got pregnant with Dara. And then I was like, I need grits. I hated them forever. And it was just one of the weird things that I craved when I was pregnant. Cheese grits are the bomb. What is it? Where does it come? Like, what's the... Have you ever had polenta? Oh, yeah. It's polenta. Okay. Basically. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's basically the same. But what is it... What is it made out of? Corn. Ooh. We in the South, we really like our corn. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's just dried corn and then um, ground. And then there's white grits and then there's yellow grits. And I want to say the white grits are called hominy. And then the yellow grits are, or maybe I have that backwards. And then you can have like how, how fine of a ground you have it also determines like what it's called. So it can be called polenta, hominy, there's some other things. Cool. So, I know I'm going to get some hate mail on that one, but you know, it is what it is, <laughs> but yeah, it's delicious. And I make grits for breakfast for Dawn every Saturday. So I Aww. always have a ton on hand. Spoiled. He is very spoiled and he knows it. Um, all right. I made Tyler a, um, some French toast this Saturday. And it was like the first time I've made like breakfast on a Saturday. And I mean, maybe twice in like three years I mean I make them oatmeal every morning or something or like a shake like a protein shake whatever I don't know anyways I was so proud of myself because I like because I don't eat french toast I don't eat pancakes whatever so I don't like to make it because I don't eat it so it's not fun anyways I did it and I thought I thought of you and I was like I mean I'd be so proud I'm being such a good wife right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) I even like stirred cinnamon and sugar together and sprinkled it on both sides in addition so it was like really good and like kind of crunchy with sugar so if you want to get really alcoholic it's my favorite way to make french toast so you get that really you get the the challah bread like the braided looking stuff yeah that makes the best french toast hands down otherwise get the thick cut like texas toast bread toast it or dry it out the night before like when it gets crunchy that's a good idea because that makes it less soggy when you cook it and it soaks up more of that custard organic bread that was already kind of dry so it was great (laughs) (laughs) so then you do your eggs and your milk like normal but what you crack your eggs in the bowl first and then pour in some sugar and then mix that with some vanilla and then if you're not making it for children pour in like literal like the tiniest splash of bourbon it like game changer and then the cream milk or whatever and then a pinch of salt and mix it up really good and use that as your base and then sprinkle cinnamon on top as it's cooking and orgasmic you can do the sugar too but it already has sugar in the whatever needs more needs more sugar coming from the person who like never eats sugar i know 
Yeah, but for my husband, I'm like, sure. Get fat <laughs> so you never leave. <laughs> no. no, he just thinks I could, he's like, you say you can bake all these things and cook all these things, but I've never seen it. I'm like, fine, sucker. I'm going to make you some French toast. That is so damn good. <laughs> Aw. That's funny. Uh, this drink, I'm not going to lie. I've only had half of it and I feel very warm. It's yeah. a cozy drink. Like, I just imagine, like, because I remember going to uh, New Orleans in, like, December, like, a lifetime ago, and it was cold and, like, rainy, and I'm just imagining, like, drinking this on, like, Fat Tuesday with, like, the parades going and people being wild, and, like, it just, it's such, like, a nice, like, thought, <laughs> like, I don't want to experience it. I don't want to do that. That's not my jam. But it, the idea of it, I like. I just don't want to. You don't do want to show your boobs to thousands of people. At this point, I don't think anyone wants to see them. Um, after two kids, but having nursed for as long as I had to, it's they're not. Just tuck them into your pants, pants for like four years. Did you just say tuck them into my pants? Because that's about <laughs> to say. Tuck them into your pants, and then when you raise it up, they just they just <laughs> straight up. My boobs were never big enough to do that in the first place. <laughs> but, um, all right, we ready for the reveal of not my boobs? <laughs> Maybe. Where is my thing? Was uh -huh. it in that little box? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they should all okay, be in there. On. I have it right here. Hold on. <sighs> like, and then the lemon, like my mind is blown with this lemon peel, like what it does. Right. So the first time I was like, because I was researching like cocktails when I was doing it, like at the beginning of the year, right? Beginning of whatever, beginning of the pandemic. And I saw these every time where they're like, and I'll just take a lemon peel. Don't, don't put any lemon juice or anything. Just take the peel and express that oil on top and, and then do the rim around. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, way to be like pretentious and fancy. And then I go and do it. I'm like, holy yeah shit. it's weird that professional like cocktail mixers know what they're doing because it's not i'm gonna have to make it again the yeah. lemon juice no it's a totally the different juice has that that bitterness mm -hmm. it's like the lemon flavor it's mm -hmm. oh i like it if you would have texted me yesterday the list i would have gotten a lemon well yeah i'm sorry i can't go twice Lincoln was napping, so I couldn't have, so. That's fine. I could only find, like, a bag of lemons, so I had, like, 15 of them. That's okay. I'll send you my, my recipe for lemon lentil soup, and that'll solve that problem real quick. Oh, okay. So good. Literally the best soup ever. Never, I've never heard of that, but that sounds awesome. I only know of it because my bonus dad's mom, my bonus grandma, um, she introduced it to us. It's like, super healthy soup like the healthiest of all soups there has ever been and it's so good it is i it's not a cheat meal but it feels like it should be it's mm. delicious it's I so love good that. i'm trying really hard to eat healthy oh yeah this will do it and like it's so cheap to make too it, it i think it one big like you can make a big pot of this soup for like what maybe four dollars i know nice yeah. make sure you take some Bino or something because yeah <laughs> you'll want <laughs> take a shot of vinegar before you eat it both do both things the vinegar and the bino <laughs> probiotic whatever you got to do <laughs> welcome to blind drams where we talk about gas and titties <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that was a rap song 
<laughs> All right. So what are we drinking tonight, ladies? Let's look it up. Oh, let's look it up. I'm so excited. Wow, don't put that, don't put my voice in there. I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's gonna be the intro. a tradition where I have to like do the reveal. Here we go. Okay. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she has two Caesar X in. I am oh, so Buffalo Trace. Okay. I've heard of this guy. Yeah. Oh, this is what like people talk about. Mm-hmm. The BT. The they like, wait in line for this shit. Yes. Is that do. what people call it? The BT? There's several whiskeys that do have like they they're only known by their acronym, and I feel like Buffalo Trace is one of them. Yeah. So this one of the things I was saying, I think why I think you guys would like it, and you were joking at the beginning, was like this is one of the really hard to find bottles right now. Mm, it's not expensive. I just happened to be in Total Wine the day they had a case delivered and they had it for a normal price, which was $28. Wow. I feel like I could not find it for that in, in my at our stores. Right. So there's such a demand on it right now that, or no, I, I take that back. It was $24 that day. They had it on sale, wow. but a limit of two bottles per um, person, per group, per whatever. Um, so... It is super, super high demand. It is a bourbon and it is from Kentucky. And yeah. this distillery that makes it, um, the Buffalo Trace Distillery is the uh, one of just a handful of distilleries that actually was allowed to produce whiskey through the prohibition. And so they were one of the few distilleries that were making medicinal whiskey and so you had to go and get a prescription from your doctor to get whiskey. And this was one of them that you got. I forget what the original name of the distillery was, but they rebranded in, I think, I want to say it's 1999. And they renamed the distillery Buffalo Trace in, yeah, 1999. And this was, this bourbon was the first release of whiskey, bourbon, whatever, under the new name. And so it was named after the new distillery. And so I even went back and tried to find like, what does Buffalo Trace mean? Like what, why that name? And mm -hmm. so what I found out was apparently there was this major trackway running through Kentucky, Indiana, and Illinois that it basically a natural road that was formed by millions of migrating bison. So Buffalo that mm -hmm. would just use that trail every year. And so it would just get compacted and worn in and it was just a natural roadway and so of course during that time you know uh what was it like the 17 like 1771 is it says daniel boone who founded the distillery uh passes through lee's town on the buffalo trace and that's in kentucky and it says it's the oldest continuous operating distillery in america and so he used that buffalo trace that road that natural road um, to get into Kentucky and he found this beautiful patch of land right on the river and he's like I love it it's mine and he settled it and so when they went to go rebrand the distillery in 99 um, 
they thought, why not name it after why he found his way here? Uh, Yeah. So unfortunately, they actually have paved large swaths of this area. And so it's no longer like a natural road. It's an actual paved whatever. Yeah. So this is one of the, no, this is the most award-winning distillery in the world. And they have some major names. Yeah. So they create a ton of different whiskeys and bourbons and ryes. And they are all really, really good. And so this is Buffalo Trace. This is the one that was on that was on meat. Uh, the guy that was doing the, where he poured the white dog in his hand. He's like, all right, now rub your hands together and whatever. Okay. They were drinking the white dog and the Buffalo Trace and the, the bourbon in that documentary. He was so cute. He's adorable. He I would love cute. to meet him. I know. So I'm going to throw out some names of people who worked bought out, owned, or blended, or somehow associated with Buffalo Trace throughout their history from 1771 until now. And some of these names, if you follow any whiskeys at all, or go shopping for whiskey at all, you may recognize. Because they, it looks to me like they name a lot of their whiskeys, a lot of their product after some of the major people in their um, history, I guess you could say. All right. So we have Commodore Richard Taylor, Colonel Edmund Haynes Taylor Jr. So E.H. Taylor Jr. George T. Stagg, Dickle, which we talked about last week, week before. Uh, Albert Blanton, which is another big whiskey that you cannot get your hands on. And Elmer T. Lee. So all of those have their own whiskey named after them. And right now you can't find any of them on the shelf there's such demand for them they can't keep it and like a lot of these like this buffalo trace i've actually seen people trying to sell it on the secondary market for over a hundred dollars how much is this one 24 dollars is what i paid at total wine wow yeah. so for a normal like 750 milliliter correct yep wow and i want to say this is a three-year what's the proof on this like the abv oh, yeah. let me see so this is a 45 ABV. So that'd be a 90 proof. Didn't our friends from episode four, didn't they say they don't like, well, you're talking about Dickel. They're, they, 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 they didn't like it. Correct. Yeah. Did not like Dickel. No, they did not like Dickel. If something is 40 ABV, what does that mean? Double it. And that's the proof. So 40 ABV ah. would be 80 proof. Gotcha. Well, this is, yeah. If you can find it, this is a good bottle to get. Yeah, for sure. And so Blanton is the one that's like this like spherical, it's like a dodecahedron. So it's like one of those like very like uh, geometrical shaped bottles, like sphere-ish. And then it has a horse running on the top as a corker. And it's made, it's like a cast metal of some sort. And um, so that's one of the collector's items. And I want to say that one should be normal price somewhere in the 30 40 dollar range and people are buying it in the hundreds of dollar range hey it's future amanda here i looked it up it's generally in the 65 to 110 dollars for a normal msrp here all right back to past amanda and then the same thing with like the eh taylor and the george t stag and 
all of them. Like it, they're just, they're being sold at insane prices on the secondary market. And so I cannot bring myself to purchase anything on the secondary market. Cause I just ethically, it feels wrong. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, there's a big demand for this. I'm going to go in, I'm going to buy all of it. And then I'm going to mark it up yeah. 10%. And then I'm going to bank like that. But yeah. So just in out of spite, I won't buy, I won't, I refuse to buy anything on, on the secondary market. So that's that. And let's see. So in 1992, the distillery was purchased by the Sazerac company. And that's like a master company um, that kind of owns other distilleries. And um, the Sazerac company started as a cognac distillery in France in the 1630s. And they started out making just their namesake drink, which was Sazerac de Forge et Fil Cognac. So they, it was cognac. And um, which is basically if you were to take wine and distill wine and then um, barrel that and age it, that's what cognac is. Mm. Um, and then in 1779, Louis Cesarac made and sent cannons to the US for the American Revolution under the, the direction of Ben Franklin. I thought that was a fun little fact. Um, so basically the Cesarac company actively helped America during the American Revolution. like because Ben Franklin asked, hey, please, can you come help us? <laughs> like, how funny is that? I, I think it's amusing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Cesarac de Forge et Fille Cognac makes its way to New Orleans in the 1800s. And then in 1834, Antoine Peychaud, uh, your bitters there, Amber, um, establishes his own apothecary at 123 Royal Street in New Orleans, known as 437 Royal Street today, where he sells the best bitters, peppermint, and alcohol to local coffee houses for use in their cocktails. And then in 1857, Peychaud advertises American Aromatic Bitter Cordial for the first time, also announcing his bitters have been in introduced into use at the Cesarac House, which is that coffee house that we talked about the Cesarac being made at for the first time. So those bitters that you have, Amber, is what he's talking about. Like he, that is a, what he made as for the coffee houses at the time were also seen as like a medical center where you can go and get your whiskey. Cause that was through history has always been used as like a medicine. And so the bitters were to help with digestion and things like that. And so you would get, you would buy your bitters and your whiskey as medicine. And then you would make a cocktail as your, prescription <laughs> and that's what you would drink so technically we're drinking to our health yeah which is also why in ireland when you instead of saying cheers you say slancha which means to your health ah, i love it things are just coming together Slancha. and then slancha mm -hmm. and then in i don't have a year for this but after the outbreak of pylorexia phi Phylozera in French vineyards. And that's the disease that primarily attacked the grapevines and like pretty much decimated all of France's, pretty much all of France's grapevines. Brandy and cognac were in short supply. So New Orleans bartenders began to make, start started to make the Cesarac, this cocktail, instead of with cognac, they started making it with American rye whiskey to, to replace that cognac or brandy. So that's how we get the current Cesarac that we're drinking. And so that's my history of our cocktail and the distillery and the company that owns the distillery all brought into one. Oh, that's really <laughs> cool. 
So I don't, it's just like a whole little selection of fun facts that I just thought was like kind of cute. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I didn't know that this was a hard one to buy because I've, I've heard of it before, but mm -hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. Like Total Wine, when I was in there, they didn't even bother putting it on the shelf. They just had all the boxes like piled in the middle of the aisle, like as you were going to the checkout. And then on top, just open boxes where like a couple bottles were sitting on top and a handwritten sign saying the price and like limit two per customer, one per customer or whatever. So I was going to say like why people like this one, like why is it like that over like different ones? But I mean, it was like all of our remarks were good. So, I mean, I can understand, but mm -hmm. also I guess that's a good price too for that bottle, $24. Like exactly. Those were like upwards of 50. So a, a lot of these whiskeys and stuff that you'll find that are mm -hmm. super high demand where like everyone wants to get their hands on it. It's usually started out for, it's really, really good for the price range that it's in. Mm -hmm. And then once people get a hold of that, they're like, oh, it's really, really good for the price range it's in. I'm going to buy a bunch. So I always have it on hand. And then other people are like, oh, this one keeps selling quickly. We can't keep it in stock. That must mean it's really good. I'm going to buy it. And then everyone's like, oh, this is my favorite. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. And then so everyone starts buying it. And so then it starts losing the for the price point it's at remark. And it's just, it's the best whiskey you can get hands down. And so people are willing to spend more money on it. It's kind of like, this is the, the same um, distillery that makes this also makes um, Pappy Van Winkle, which is one of the hardest whiskeys to get your hand on right now. And I think retail is supposed to be in probably in the 60 to $80 range. I want to say like, if you were to buy it like MSRP, um, but it's going on the secondary market in the thousands of dollars. It's That's ridiculous. Good. Yeah. And I'm like, is it that good? And everyone's like, yeah, it's really, really good, but not for like two grand. And I'm like, I yeah. don't think there's, I, there, I can't, I feel like anything over like $150 for a bottle is just ridiculous. Like I can't, you would have to sell me real hard to spend over $150 yeah. for a bottle. And yeah, that's and expect me to share it because that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a couple bottles. I, I have one bottle that I purchased recently that is $110. And I bought that. And that one I do have plans on sharing with you guys in season two. I don't know what episode, but in season two. So, so you'll get a fancy. Try like the difference in like price. You know what I mean? I've done that with wine before where mm -hmm. like, like with mom, I try to trick her. I was like, this is a $20 bottle of wine. This is box wine. Can you tell the difference? You know what I mean? And so it's, it's fun to kind of tell. Mm -hmm. you do yeah. And so that's why I like doing this blind because I like hearing your commentary at first. It's like the the ones that maybe I'm like, oh, you guys are going to love this. You know, what do you, what do you think? And you're, you know, oh, I spent like so much money on this bottle. You know, what do you actually think about it? And I was like, oh, well, eh, it's fine. <laughs> and no, then, um, I, I haven't, I, I don't think any of the ones that we've had so far have been very expensive. Um, I think I, I started you. bottle of this is $24. Oh, I take that back. Bren was probably in the more pricier range because Bren was 60. Yeah, but Bren, you could have drank neat and it was like, hey, we're good. <laughs> yeah. And they make that bottle so damn pretty. I know. <laughs> I'm sending that to that guy to make um, glasses out of. But yeah, 
that's that's all I got. I feel like the last two weeks have been extremely informative. Yeah. Mm. And like doing the moonshine in comparison with the whiskey was like, that is so amazing. Like, like I think everyone needs to do that. Just it's very different. <laughs> yeah, but just like the experience of drinking them to get like next to each other, you know, and just like trying one and then trying the other. Like that was like, just to understand the barrel concept, like that made complete sense. So like, that was like very informative. And then, good. Um, yeah, drinking like a Sazeracus was really cool. I really enjoy like introducing you ladies, not only to like the whiskeys and getting your opinions and seeing how excited and like how proud of you yourselves you are after like <laughs> doing it. I, I just, I love that. And then like drinking a cocktail and you're like, oh shit, I'm not I mean, I'm old fashioned. Are you sure we should be doing, can't we just do another like whiskey sour? Maybe we should just do all of them whiskey sours for consistency's sake, you know? And then getting the old fashioned and like the whole like surprise, holy shit, that's actually good face. And then again with like the Cesar I can go, holy <laughs> shit, that's actually good. I wasn't expecting it. And so I really, I enjoy that. Like, yeah. Like why do they call this bitters? Because this turns me off. I love this. Yeah. If I saw this at the store, aromatic bitters, I would have been like, nope. Mm -hmm. So it's called bitters. Eat. Have you tried it by itself yet? No. Try it. Oh man, here we go. Another on your fingers. Yeah. It's not bitter at all. Stop like mine are bitter as a shit. Maybe I need more. Yeah. Let me take this lid off. <laughs> Just chug it. <laughs> so when I made the bitters, basically what it was is you're taking the zest of whatever fruit you were I was using. So I was using like grapefruit and lemon and orange. And it's just that like bitter um citrus peel and then in like everclear so just straight whiskey oh. or whatever and yeah, then i guess i've seen this like when i bartended yeah you would have like your bitters and then you would have your like when you have like your vermouth mm -hmm. which i don't know what that is but like your dry vermouth and your vermouth and sweet vermouth yeah 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 that one and they would just like sit, like they'd be off in the corner and like never touch, like barely ever touch them unless I was making a specific cocktail for it. Mm -hmm. If I thought of it, like, like now that I have this, like I've used it so, like almost every week we've used it, but like this would intimidate me. I wouldn't want to buy, I would be like, Ugh, I don't know, I don't know what this yeah. is. So that's really well, nice too. I feel like it's really not for anything other than making cocktails with, like it's yeah. just a little... So the way I equate it is like, it's like adding a little bit of spice to your dish. So if you're cooking like shrimp, say, so you're not just going to cook like shrimp, you're going to add other ingredients to it, right? You're going to add like garlic and whatever. So those like the, the garlic and, 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 you know, maybe lemon juice, maybe those two things that you add to it are um, like your the absinthe or the sugar, like the other ingredients in your cocktail. And then the bitters is going to be like your salt and pepper. Like it's, it, it's kind of, it's not complete without that little touch of something. And so like you, your, your meal isn't done cooking until you've had like a pinch of salt and pepper. Like mm -hmm. you need that little extra kick of spice, not because it changes the flavor dramatically, but it helps bring the flavors in the cocktail out and bring it forward so it's more of like I didn't know what drinks to add it to like why wouldn't you add that to a whiskey sour or something so 
that is a great question. I don't know the reasoning behind, but I only know when to add them for like following like recipes. And so a lot of the traditional, very old, like old, old, old school cocktails will have the bitters. Um, So, and then now current mixology, they have a lot of really interesting bitters that you can purchase like walnut bitters or cranberry bitters and um, weird like designer or craft type of flavors that you can get, which are really interesting. And I'd love to try, but again, and what am I ever going to use like a massive bottle of walnut bitters? (laughs) So, um, but yeah. Interesting. That's what I got. I liked it. I was a fan. Yeah. Should we start? Do people like, you can order that anywhere? Mm-hmm. yeah oh we should all make like a thing to like get that next time we're out just in <laughs> in a year when I can leave the house again <laughs> right I know but I think it'd be fun Cesarac Cesarac okay I need to remember how to say it I'm gonna film myself secretly I'll be like can I have a Cesarac and then watch their expression because they're either gonna be like yep or like oh shit what is that I feel well anything that you ask for like most bartenders they do have like a bartender's book behind yeah the app that they have that they follow just like the standard recipes for things so if you want it like special you just need to say you know I want such and such cocktail but you know like change it however mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like if you're going really traditional, like the one we made today is the most, with the exception of using just plain sugar instead of a sugar cube, it follows the original recipe to a T. And they use absinthe in it? Yeah. Or any, so absinthe is, because it was so, the absinthe that I sent you is an actual for real legit absinthe. Like it's got the warm wood in it and everything. And so absinthe got a bad rap um, at, you know, we, we talked about that a couple episodes back where like all these big names and like um, artists, like who was it? like Van Gogh, I think uh, drank a ton of absinthe. Oh, and, um, Ernest Hemingway was a big fan of absinthe. Mm-hmm. And so they, you get this whole theory or this whole like tale about the green fairy and just being, in a blind stupor and drinking so much, you know, that you would hallucinate. And so they always attributed it back to the wormwood that was in it. And they thought that had hallucinogenic properties because no other liquor or alcohol at the time was really made with wormwood. As far as I know, I could be wrong. But what it turns out was it was just such a high proof. Like this is 55 ABV, so 110 proof. Uh, is the absinthe mm-hmm. and um so they were just not used to drinking something with that high of a proof because i think most brandies and cognacs which were it, were the really big popular thing at the time were probably more in the 40 to 50 percent maybe not even 50 like 40 to 45 abb some, somewhere in that like lower range so they were drinking the same quantities but it has such a higher proof that they would just get hammered faster and harder. And then the traditional way to drink absinthe is you have this special, it's called an absinthe spoon. And it's like a flat um, spoon that's got holes in it. And you set it across the top of your glass. Like you just set it 
here and you put a sugar cube on top of that spoon and then with your absinthe inside the glass, then you drip water, like purified water over top the sugar cube until it fills to a certain amount. And then it goes from that green color that you get there to this like foggy, like pale olivey looking green. And so it's like absinthe and sugar water and that's it. So it's super sweet. It's very pleasant to drink. Um, if you get a, a chance, I highly recommend making one, but only one. Um, it's just called an absinthe. I it's understand. just a traditional cocktail and um, it's very, very pleasant. Um, but I think they would just drink so much that they would just get blind drunk. And, you know, I don't think it had any hallucinogenic properties. I just think, you know, that was that. But anyway, going back to the reason I started that comment <laughs> 20 minutes ago was, um, so most places will use absinthe, but there's also absinthe that's made without the wormwood, but they don't call it absinthe. They call it an herbisant, herbisant, something like that. And so it's just like that herby licorice anise flavor. So it's a high proof. It's the same thing. It just doesn't have the wormwood in it, but the gotcha. wormwood gives it like a different, like hint of a herbal flavor. So worth it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was that expensive. I think this bottle of absinthe was only $20, $30, something like that. And it's like 750 milliliters and it will last me a lifetime. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, this will last a long time. I just love that. Like I studied like so much, I studied art history and like, I love that, that time period where artists were, what the art, like what artists were making. And so even to just connect with them with drinking this, like I, like that just is so exciting, you know, this, just to feel that connection to these people that I like literally have studied for years, you know. When I bought this bottle, it came in a really cool decorative like cardboard box. And um, so this is the Absent, A-B-S-E-N-T-E -E brand. And um, the box that it came in was the self-portrait of uh, Van Gogh, Van Gogh. I watched too much Doctor Who, clearly. Um, oh my God, did you cry when they did the, the Van Gogh one? Um, I cry every time I've seen it. I've probably seen that episode close to a hundred times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it honestly, the best episode of Doctor Who ever. Amber, don't judge. Whatever. Never seen it. Not sure. I, I, I haven't watched Doctor Who, but I've seen that, just that little clip. And I... <laughs> ball my eyes out yeah every it's Listen. so good i like doctor who <laughs> i've been watching it since i've like never even five. tried to watch it so i can't wow. say anything you, what you should do after this is just <laughs> go watch just that episode or just even the ending clip i showed it to my yeah. students one time the van gogh clip is mm -hmm. oh my god and then at the end of the episode they bring him forward in time and van gogh like struggled with depression his entire life like really like bipolar, like, um, you know, horrible, horrible depression. Yeah. Yeah. Like very horrible manic 
depressive episodes. And so they bring him forward in time and they bring him to his exhibition. And so he gets to see all this artwork that he's worked his entire life on in this like very prestigious French gallery it, right up next to like it has its own wing um, because he's made such a huge impact in the art world and in you know the history of art and it just you know um uh, and he basically called like they they ask a guy about this exhibit and he they say yeah like, like the curator Mm -hmm. yeah like van gogh was like one of the best like he is one of the best artists of all time and this man like never sold a painting in his life like was he was like nothing in his lifetime but as you know now in like the future he's like everybody knows who he is so he's just standing there and his eyes are like watering and you're just like oh my god like just it's amazing yeah, he just like gets all blubbery and then like hugs the curator and like kisses him on the cheek and he's like, oh, sorry watch, about the beard. Can you watch the one episode without like having known all the ep other episodes? Yeah, this episode, yeah. as long as you know that the doctor's a time traveler, this is an episode that really stands alone. Okay, so, all right. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I mean, yeah, the man failed at everything. Like literally he tried all these different venues of his like careers and he failed at every, at every single thing he failed at. Yeah. And he was never like known for anything in his in his lifetime. And then he's obviously that. like, I'm sure but, he'll text it to me later. I'll text yeah. it to you later, and I'll make you watch it, and then you'll cry, and you'll send me a message back and be like, "Damn it, I did cry." And I haven't had a good cry in a while, so I'd like that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah this is if you need a good cry, this is one of them. Send it to me. But yeah, but this is just like I don't know. I and then we have the um, Cleveland Art Museum near us, and it's like one of the top. It's like. I don't know what number in the world it is, but it's, it's, it's a big competitor. And um, they had a exhibit, like an impressionist exhibit, and then they were giving out absinthe drinks. So you could like walk around and you could drink it. Like I was like, oh my God, I'm, we, I have to go. So I went and just, I don't know, like just that, like, like, I mean, we talk about like drinking whiskey, like it's an experience and, and there's like connections, you know, you have with, with different things. So like, this just brings me to like, art and art history and so that so like that connection is there so i always get excited anytime someone talks about absinthe you'll have to find some new cocktails with it since you have there's all that yeah, drinks. Several. well there's so there's another one it's not a whiskey cocktail although you should you could make it one but if you get like it's really fancy you get a wine glass hey future amanda again uh not a wine glass scratch that use a champagne flute because i'm an idiot and didn't say the right word here all right, back to past Amanda. You put um, however much simple syrup or sugar at the bottom that you want and then um, float, uh, put in champagne and then Ooh. float, um, I, I think it's it's a, either a quarter ounce or half an ounce of um, absinthe on top of that and then serve it with a cherry and it's, or no, a lemon, like do express the lemon on top. That's what it is. It's so good. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Doesn't sound bad. I think I have champagne in my fridge too. Try it out. Let me know. Report back. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get a text in about like three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's so fucking good. Ready <laughs> at three? Yeah. So she, Mary Beth is no longer with us. She is now deceased. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm high on Um. Yeah. So our next bottle bottle number seven 
is another banger we'll say loving it so it's it's one of the bottles that what it was one of my first like legit all right i'm into whiskey this is the bottle i'm gonna buy this was my first purchase of that um not because i knew anything about it but because it was cool and um the guy at the store was like you might like this one and i was like i think you're right i think i also might like this one <laughs> so, so maybe next week is the basic white girl no it is not i would say out of all the whiskeys that we've had i would say probably four roses or um 1792 would be my basic bitch really? uh, whiskeys yeah because those are the ones like I feel like the the four roses because it's got roses on the front of it it makes it really appealing because it's pretty, and then um, Castle and Key is just the name because it's got the name Castle and I notice a lot more women like ooh Castle and Key I want that one, and that's and where Marianne Eves no not that one that was where Marianne Eves was the master um, distiller, and then okay, she okay, yeah. left she... yeah. Oh, she laughed. Okay. Right. Yeah. Now she works as a consultant, I believe, which by the way, she knows my name because the other podcast shared my name with her. You forgot. I got to drop it in in every episode until she's on and then that'll be the new one. So we'll get her. We'll get eventually. It'll, It'll happen. That'd be fun. I know. I need to find like a bottle of something that she was the blender or distiller on. So and you have to give us a heads up because we cannot be like, ooh, I don't know about this one. <laughs> I ain't saying shit. I want I like oh, the honest great. reaction. Great. Um, I'm sure if she blended it, it's gonna be fucking phenomenal. Yeah. So, I, I taste mean, nothing but acetone. This is the worst one I've ever tried. Right. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I taste nothing but ass. I was like, well then it's getting real. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well, do you have any final thoughts? Anything you want to say? How are how are we progressing? What do you think about where you're at in your whiskey journey? And have you bought any bottles for yourself recently? Or any? So I will tell you, there is a bottle that I saw the other day when I was buying that bitters that was beautiful. And I was like, I want to buy this, but I did not have a friend. I don't know. It was, it was, it was a Tennessee whiskey, um, but it was like a really cool bottle. Sucker for the label, but mm-hmm. I have to go. I'll just have to go and get it, maybe even tomorrow or the next day, but and send you a picture. But it was really pretty. I, I didn't. I didn't dive too far into it. Did it, it kind of look like it was sketched out, like Tennessee Briar or something like that? Green Briar. Yes, Green Briar. It's good. I just bought a bottle. Okay. Yeah, it was Green Briar. It, that one was a little bit on the spicier side. Oh, okay. Um, but very good. Yeah. Yeah. Recommended. Okay. No, I have not bought a bottle. I feel though that she, I like that. I immediately knew what bottle it was that she was talking about (laughs) just by her going, it was a pretty label and it was a Tennessee one. I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, sorry. (laughs) I keep seeing it all over now, but, um, no, I feel like my respect and appreciation for whiskey has gotten more like, even with Tyler telling me that like, he doesn't have a wine buddy now. I love wine. I'll never not love wine, but I feel like I'm like the fact that I've tasted six different ones now and I can, I've, um, I, don't, I guess I just thought they all tasted the same. So now that I've like tried them all in different forms, mm-hmm. I have like an appreciation now. 
you know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's, 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 I don't know. Do you have a favorite out of what we've tried so far? Well, well, I don't remember 1792. So we'll start <laughs> um, that, that was also my fault for like eating at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I feel like, I feel like I liked 1792. I feel like I liked uh, Buffalo Trace. Um, I feel like those might be my favorites. I'm not, I think I, I, I have notes that I liked the Four Roses. Um, so I also know that we, ha we haven't been giving a rating. Do we want to start rating them? Oh, we haven't. Yeah, that's a good. Well, thing now that we have enough to go to compare. That's true. That's true. If you can go back and kind of remember it, I guess. Or yeah. If you have any write down from those bottles. I did write down quality ratings on them. Oh, good. What'd you put? But this was just like, like, okay. Like, cause you have like, for Bren, I put like nine out of 10 because I, that was my first one, you know? So I'm like, okay, we'll go with that. And then 1792, I liked more than Bren. So I put a 10 out of 10, but like now that I'm six bottles in, I don't know if I would have put a 10 out of 10 for 1792. Yeah. That one was one of my favorites, 1792. I would say 1792 comes in second place. Buffalo Trace comes in first as of right now. And I really liked Monkey Shoulder. But knowing, knowing that it was a scotch, I would say it's my only scotch I've ever had. So it's my number one scotch. So I'd like to try more scotches. Fair enough. But I did like it. Mm -hmm. It just had like a soapy, the florally soapiness of it at the end wasn't my fave. Yeah. But the, the rest of it I liked. Awesome. But Buffalo Trace, yeah, I'm excited. Well, we need to start rating them, you're right. So. It should be our rating system. Mm. I feel like it should be an emoji of some sort. But don't use the smiley one because that makes us old. I'm going to use this. The laughing, the laughing crying smile is going to be seven laughing smiley faces right? just out of fucking spite. Listen, well, Mary and I are cool because we have middle parts right now. Yeah, so. you're not getting me back to a middle part. I'm finally comfortable with my look and my style. Fuck Gen Z. Right. They're not drinking whiskey. They are drinking whiskey and they're buying all the goddamn Buffalo Trace and they fucking quit it. Oh, really? I don't know. I'm I'm just picking to pick now. I got <laughs> nothing against Gen Z. I'm just saying. I finally found like my style that I'm like comfortable with my body. No, um, you rock. You okay. rock it, and you're rocking. I love your short hair. She's you had it for years. <laughs> <laughs> Are you making another one? I was going to until I realized what time it was, and I'm like, oh, I'm waking up at 4:30. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Do you see that vein in my neck? <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like I'm having like a stroke. <laughs> you been working out? <laughs> wow, one cocktail in and she's gone. What is happening? Good more turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's yeah, yeah, we're going to make another one of those. Let's just <laughs> Well, thank you for all the whiskey, Amanda. 
I love yeah. trying a new cocktail, by the way, because I had had a whiskey sour and a um, old fashioned. So this was really fun to try something like new that I've never even heard of. Good. That was fun. Thank you. So I would give this one, I'm going to go with four out of five. It gets really good for the price point it's in. I mean, it doesn't blow my socks off or anything, but four library books. It's fine. Boom. answer. I like it. How about you? I like doing it out of five. I would agree with that. I think that I think for a five out of five, I'd want something that like I could just drink meat or something and I was like just blown away by it or something. But mm -hmm. for my only six whiskeys in, I think that four out of five is pretty fair. I feel like five out of five, I would reserve for something that just really like the second you sip, it, you're like, oh, yes. And there are only two that I have done that with thus far on this journey. And then that is Uncle Nearest 1856 and the Penelope bourbon. Those, both of those just first sip right away. I was like, rub it in. so good. It's okay. Both of those have made their way onto our sipping list for season one. So you'll get them oh. eventually. Nice. Wait, so we already got those? Cause we are, we have 12. Mm -hmm. They're in our boxes. They're in your Ooh. boxes somewhere. Penelope's in our boxes. Mm-hmm. Yay. Mm. I'm excited about that. You got some good, I, I think all of the ones going, we have one more um, scotch. We've got the peated scotch in there somewhere. And then there is, yeah, all of them from here on out, I really, really like. And there's one like oddball thrown in that is a love it or hate it. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see the next couple episodes. Like we're halfway through season one. What? I just realized this, this is episode six. That's halfway through. I know. Crazy. So yeah, I'm really excited to see um, what you guys think of it. Yay. I'm excited too. Yeah. Sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. So, all right. That's all I got. Thank you, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you I'll see you next Thursday see you for in a week. something delicious. I know. I'm excited. Love y'all. Love you. Love you. Bye. 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 That's it for Four Roses today. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Become a patron to help us buy even more amazing fun bottles of whiskey to try. Send in corrections, ideas, or whiskey news through email, the above social media accounts, or by voice message on anchor.fm. All the links will be in the show notes below. We might even include it on the next episode. Rate and review us on your podcast player of choice. It helps us be a little bit more seen and get our name out there. And lastly, please drink responsibly. Until next time, this has been Blind Drams. Go forth and share the whiskey.